Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information about our ministries, head to calvarystgeorges.org. Lord, lift up me that I may lift up thee. Amen. So maybe this is a... Maybe this is a long, a long story, a long scripture about involvement, about growing up in maturity, about our life after the resurrection. You know, I, I, I learned from Jacob just as we were walking over, you know, that after the, the resurrection, um, you, you know that Rent and Stimpy? He said it was Rent and Stimpy who said, happy, happy, joy, joy. So, you know, it's like the resurrection happens and it's all like happy, happy, joy, joy. But, you know, it's, there's something also very terrifying about the thing because, well, happy, happy, joy, joy, but then, I don't know, it, it doesn't get happy, happy, joy, joy immediately, right? And, and in fact, there's a lot to be afraid of in that time and for us also happy happy joy joy but now we march on and we continue to live our lives and so what does jesus leave us with in this time in this resurrection time after the death and the resurrection and so maybe this is the story this is the sort of climb this is the this is the word to us about a journey and he gives us tools and he gives us a way of working through of living in which we have some light and some way of through and I think he helps us I think he as usual um, gives us what we need so first he walks along with these disciples on the road, and there are two of them. It's not just one. They're not alone. There are witnesses, and they're together. And um, he walks along with them, and he listens. And he listens to their hurts, to their fears, to their worries, and to their distress. And they are deeply distressed. They, he was supposed to be the one that would redeem Israel. And let me mention to you that between 66 and 72, the Jewish-Roman War is going to occur in which between 500,000 and a million Jews will be killed, the temple will be destroyed, and... Uh, Judaism, as we understand it, will never, ever exist as it had then. It becomes, uh, the diaspora starts, it becomes rabbinic Judaism, it occurs with rabbis and in the home. Um, it's through the, um, the Babylonian Talmud and the, and the Jerusalem Talmud, it's through written materials, it's all over the world. But it never, remember they were supposed to have a land of milk and honey, a place to call their own home. And that home becomes all over the world and in the hearts and minds of those. But it's not, it's not material anymore. It's not a safe place. And it's all just blown up. I mean, can you imagine 
if in fact um, Washington DC was blown up. I mean, as bizarre as our Supreme Court may seem, what if it was no more? That, that's, uh, let me say that a new way. Um, as bizarre as our, uh, um, I, I'm just saying, and, 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 and it's, it, the things that we're worried about, that we're deeply concerned about, they are actually blown to smithereens, gone. And so they are desperately worried and they express their worry and their hurt. And um, so it's, it's, it's critical that Jesus allows for this. And in fact, he wants it. He encourages it. As they walk along, he actually says, what things? And of course he knows, but he says, what things? A very open-ended kind of question. And as much as Freud tried to set this up in his office, making a couch in which you face a wall and, uh, and he sits in back of the couch so you can free associate, Jesus comes alongside and in fact, he listens so intently that he doesn't even exist. Imagine if you could listen so intently to another that you take up no space at all. You know, you're, you, you, you are only there for the other entirely. And so they're able to speak their mind without paying any attention to the other, but only, intent, only attention to their own feelings. And so that's the first part of our walk of our walk toward maturity. Many of us believe that maturity is based on ha having control of uh, suppressing our feelings. But here, maturity is based on expressing those. And to a trusted friend on a road in the presence of, of God, yeah? So that's the first part of their work. What's interesting uh, about it too um, is that uh, in their expression they then uh, are able to begin to learn and so he's able to begin to teach but they're not grateful for their teacher they don't know how smart he is and when you began to be able to learn as a child you weren't grateful I mean you didn't you didn't know how smart your parents were or you, you weren't grateful for the fact that there was clean water or that Newton was such a smart fellow, right? I mean, you didn't, you didn't think they were all great. You weren't, you weren't, they weren't wonderful to you. But what hopefully you got out of your education was the beginnings of being able to be responsible for your own learning. When I was having trouble reading, I, I complained terribly that nobody would teach me how to read. Why wouldn't somebody make it easier for me? And I remember hearing the word, Janet, when you learn how to read, you're going to teach yourself how to read. That was news to me. Carolyn Pratt, who uh, 
really was the beginning of open, uh, open tools for children. And she developed blocks and block yards. Do you know the blocks, building blocks that children uh, work with? and uh, open-ended tools. She's uh, very famous for um, this uh, quote. She says, in this play, he was, she's not woke. Um, in this play, he was thinking, she's observing a child, learning, setting down his understanding of the way things worked, the relationship of facts to each other, educating himself. So Jesus, walking along with these two disciples, teach from the Old Testament, showing them that the prophecies are real and allowing them to begin to take responsibility for educating themselves, for learning how he was present in the scriptures and for knowing how to do that. And that's our work, isn't it? To see that in our lives. And so, I love this part. Then he goes a little bit further, doesn't he? He says he walks on ahead. And I like that part because, you know, he's no easy guy. He, he's not easy. He, uh, he likes us to seek after him. And isn't it true that, that we seek after him, we invite him to be in our life? And uh, he's seductive that way. He seduces us at some level, and, uh, and we want him to be with us. But he doesn't uh, demand that he be with us. He doesn't push himself onto us in some kind of way that would be a violation of our uh, right to our own privacy, our own, our own will. Yeah? So they do. They invite him. They invite him to be at their dinner. And, uh, and he goes. And this is the next part of the education. But it's, it's a little worrisome. And, uh, and, and it worries me terribly because it says that he blesses and he breaks and he gives them the bread. And uh, so there he is, he's commanding the table. But the minute he gives them the bread, he what? He, he disappears, he vanishes. Isn't that a tragedy? Isn't that like some kind of Greek tragedy? I mean, can't you see it? You know, Agamemnon gone? He, he, the, the second they get to see him, he's gone. Willy Wonka and the disappearing chocolate factory. Couldn't it, right? Isn't there some kind of terrible uh, story like that where everything sort of turns into nothing? And so it's all gone the minute it's there. And I worry about it, I worry about it terribly. But then I think to myself, you know, it's desperately important that he vanishes. And I think about, it, was, it, it came to me this very, in the wee hours of the morning, this word from Abraham Lincoln. He was, um, when he was at the Gettysburg Address, 
And all those men had given their lives. And, uh, you know, what a pastor Lincoln was. I always think he was the greatest pastor, really. He's, he's the pastor. And um, so he sets down that, that these men had died with the idea that all men are created equal. And isn't that the gospel, you know, that, that every soul matters, that every single soul God loves and died for. And so they gave their lives for that idea and he wants to hallow the ground. But he says these words, and I know you remember them, but, but they teach us something, I think, about what Jesus is doing here when he vanishes. Lincoln says, the world will little note nor long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. It is for the living rather, to be dedicated here to the unfinished work which they who fought here have thus far so nobly advanced. The unfinished work. He disappears so that we are dedicated to the unfinished work that we are given to do. And that is where we are set down in this wider place the wideness of God's mercy poured out for us so that we can be the wideness of God's mercy for others. And that we can be that wideness is our great, great gift. And so he vanishes to give us the space and surely we will muck it up. But every once in a while, we'll get the privilege of doing it and happy we will be to be a part of this resurrection conspiracy. And as small as it may be, it will be a little taste of the glory that we will have in heaven. And so he vanishes to give us that space. And isn't it a marvelous thing when we're able to vanish and let our children have space? Isn't it a marvelous thing when we can vanish and let others do for us? Isn't it a marvelous thing when we don't have to do and be everything so that others can do and be everything? And so he vanishes, just as he taught us to be servants, yeah? So he vanishes. But then, of course, he says, and we learn, that he'll be known to us in the breaking of the bread because as much as we can know this thing, we need to be reminded because we forget every day. I forget in the middle of the night. When I wake up and want to turn on What's that television show where they meet each other in a room, and, but they don't know each other yet, but then they get married? What's that idiot show? I, I don't know. What's it called? I'm serious. Love Blind. And, 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 and that terrible actress who says, um, what does she say? And tonight we will learn if love is blind. Yeah. 
Now, how could I be watching that at three o'clock in the morning? I mean, look how smart I am. But I forget. I forgot. I forgot. I forgot who I was. And so I'm reminded in the breaking of the bread. And uh, there's a beautiful poem by um, Kavafe, the Greek poet, and he, he speaks about Alexander. No, Antony, Antony. And Antony is watching Alexandria burning. And this is a terrible thing because Alexandria was a great city and the Ptolemaic library was there. And, uh, and it had all the great, they had collected the great books of the world. And, and if the Ptolemaic library were still there, do you have any, oh my God, do you have any idea what we would know? And we don't know these things because it's been, it was burned down. Um, and uh, what a... What a, te- what a dreadful thing to have done. And it's lit fire to a library. Imagine doing such a thing and losing these documents, these precious documents forever. And uh, so he, ha- he, he, he and, 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 the, and Alexander was so marvelous that it was made of marble so that at night when the moon shined, it was lit so he could see the burning. And he pulls away from the city and he watches the fire, but he doesn't want to watch it, so he pulls away because he doesn't want to see, he doesn't want to see it go. And, and he's hiding himself from it. And, and Kavafe writes these words, above all, don't fool yourself. Don't say it was a dream. Your ears deceived you. Don't degrade yourself with empty hopes like these. Go firmly to the window and listen with deep emotion, but not with the whining pleas of a coward. Look, look, look at the resurrection. Look at the resurrection of the dead. Look at the place to which you are going. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid to look at the blood to look at the price that was paid and the victory that was won, go to the window, not as a coward, not as one who is frightened of a world who will always make fun of you, who will always say that you are a fool. But whose fool are they? So, so, Repeat after me for our lesson today. Number one, the walk. Express upset. Scriptures. We are responsible for our education. He walks ahead. No force invited. Vanishes. He vanishes that we might flourish. Breaking bread. Don't say it was a dream. 
Amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of our parish, we would really appreciate it. You can make a one-time or recurring gift by going to calvarystgeorges.org give. Thank you for your support.